what's up? Welcome to the Star Vehicle. Strap the fuck in. Yeah. <laughs> Sit now, down. Pull your lap bar over your lap and help the person next to you. Oh my God. If- All I want to do is go to a theme park. Me too. When you said lap bar, you're like, I was you like, you had a sensory experience. I knew. Right? I was like, I'm at Six Flags. It was Nitro, wasn't it? Yeah. And they're not telling you to put the lap bar on. I'm doing it myself because they forgot. So it's like, (laughs) I'm going to be the safety monitor because I know they're not. Wait, so you love roller coasters, right? I like roller coasters, but I, I can tell, I won't get on every roller coaster. I can eyeball it and I can tell pretty quickly whether or not I'm going to enjoy that ride or not. Some of them I don't like. What's your criteria? Does it, what, upside down? Is that what you're looking at? I don't. I don't like anything. I, I, I tend to not like the ones with the big harnesses that go over. See, I like those because you're really strapped in. The worst ride like... ever is for me. It's it? at six, Superman. Superman. Where you're like <laughs> horizontal. <laughs> you're, you're belly to the ground. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> the most humiliating part about that ride, if you're not familiar. It's humiliating. Is that. <laughs> <laughs> is that okay you get in the ride they like sandwich you forward like press you down to the ground and then you go up and you do the ride and i guess it's somewhat similar to flying if you were like being dragged in like a steel <laughs> carton behind an airplane but what's what's worse is that i guess they have like three like trains of this going at a time so when you're done and you're going back to the station you're then just Hang- hanging there <laughs> For like 15 minutes, waiting for the other ones to load and unload. And the whole time, you're just like... The blood's like rushing to your forehead. The blood is rushing to your forehead. And I'm just like, what is preventing these locks from just opening? (laughs) Like, I'm 70 feet above the ground right now. Oh my god, my cheeks hurt so bad. Because like when Superman came out, it was such a novelty. Like, everyone ran to Six Flags to go on this ride. Yeah, And I... Forced my family to wait three hours in line for it. It's they were like, "Come on, so let's just bad. go." It's so like, bad. Let's go. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. We will not be leaving this line." Yeah, we, we waited three hours, and I'm gonna try to <laughs> describe that, in it the for heat, no less. In oh my god, dripping sweat <laughs> down the back. I'm gonna try to describe it for the pod listeners, but we are on video, so find us on YouTube if you want. But like, you're right; they put you on your stomach, but like. Your le- your legs are still kind of like your knees are bent, <laughs> so you're not even like really in a flying position. No, you're, you're not how like, you're not. You're like that's seated, not how Superman like would forward. fly. <laughs> and um, the harness over your shoulders, at least for my stature, means you. I actually can't extend my arms fully up. Like they're just kind of like you're like crunched. <laughs> so you're kind of just like imagine being in tabletop on the floor. Yeah, arms out, knees tabletop. on the floor. That's what you're, it is. It's you're doing tabletop. <laughs> In the air, so you're not even so you're flying, but it's like very not aerodynamic. They have and, another um, terrible really one the there. Illusion. They have another terrible one where they were like, "Okay, flying wasn't enough. We're gonna do a standing roller coaster." Have you been on? Oh, that Greenland. Yeah, that <laughs> the green... <laughs> where you s- you're just vertical going through the roller coaster. <laughs> I was like, "This isn't right." I know, and like. You're feeling all that like force just like compress compressing your joints. <laughs> yeah. What what we won't do to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> these, 
being a human being is so weird. It's weird. That's why I like, that's why I said like now though, now I respect myself enough. I won't get on any roller coaster. I will. I'm like, I'm like, you know how like sometimes you would try to drag your parents on a ride knowing that they wouldn't like it. And, yeah. and the classic, the Fun. classic retort from them would be like, I'm going to watch it first to see, to see what it does. Now that's what I'm, I'm at that point in my life. I won't just go you're, on the ride. You're a parent. I need to watch it to see what it does before I, before I'm willing to get on. And every time I'm in line for a roller coaster, I'm like, am I really doing this? Am I, am I really, am I going to do this? And I always like almost back out every time. Yeah. But I always it's, do it. I don't have the same, like, I don't have the same like zest for thrills that I guess I once did at a theme park. I'm kind of shocked because you don't love a scare. No. So. And I think like that's, that is what has changed. Like I'm not seeking that thrill. Yeah. I don't want the machinery to scare me. <laughs> I want to feel comfortable. You're like, I understand a little too much about physics now. This is scary. Well, <laughs> Not going. Now I'm just like, you know, whenever, whenever anyone says like, oh, my fear part is when it feels like you're going to slip out of the seat. I'm like, nope. no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was like, really? That's crazy. Because that means you're going to slip out of the seat and you're going to die. Because when they compress you in there, it's real tight. Yeah. And then you get in the air and you're backward and then you just you feel, feel the little gap. whoop. <laughs> you feel like the two inches between your stomach and the And, and then the you piece. just like you clench your legs <laughs> to like stay under the bar. <laughs> People at home who don't like roller coasters are like, okay, okay. moving on. Yeah. Anyway, that concludes our theme park that review. That concludes our commercial for Six Flags Great Adventure. Let us know if you go. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to bring two Coke cans for $15 <laughs> off. Our dream is to make enough money to one day have a corporate trip where we both a go to Disney World. trip. Star Vehicle Productions sends us to Disney World. So... We just had some technical difficulties, friends. Yeah. Um, we were talking about much roller like the coasters. Ro- much like the roller coasters of my fears, of my nightmares. Of his deepest, darkest fears. Yeah. Um, we, were, we were talking about roller coasters, and then I think like it was a very natural <laughs> conclusion. And um, we were it like, to rest. about to segue. It came to rest. It, it came to a very nice conclusion. And we were like, okay, now time to tackle the roller coaster that is. Yeah. Cruel Intentions. <laughs> This was a wild ride. It was a wild ride. And I remember the first time that I saw this movie, and I've already shared this with you, but I'll repeat it. The first time I saw this movie, I had severe comprehension issues. I didn't understand. (laughs) Didn't get better. And this time it was just as complicated. I found it... (laughs) very hard to keep track of of our players and and <laughs> who was hard. related to who and who wanted what I, I i wish i would have had a little chart or something i finished that movie and i went cool so when we talk about this tomorrow i'm gonna ask steven to explain it to me <laughs> yeah that's it's normally like your your job for me it's you hard it's it hard to, to unravel what these characters wanted but then yeah, I was out. But then I really realized that what this movie is and and why I wish I would have seen it when it would have been inappropriate as a teen is that like what is so fun about this movie is that it's really like 
it's like what would it's like Lord of the Flies in a nice location. Like it is teenagers <laughs> running amok City. in luxurious locales. Like there's no adults in the movie except for like the therapist and Christine Baranski. And she's she's like that. not really yeah. a she's not really parenting. She's just like watching out for her own image. Yeah, I feel like, okay, it would have been inappropriate for me to see this as a teen. Yeah. And I would have gotten the wrong idea of what being a teenager was, truly. I would have not wanted to go to high school. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, because this is what, like 99, I want to say? So, I mean, we were children, so it would have been weird if we saw this in 99. (laughs) Get that on the table. Yeah. But you're right. I was so struck by the lack of parental supervision. Yeah. and (laughs) There's none. But then I was like, you know what? There was that show on Bravo called NYC Prep, which was about teens in prep schools in New York City. And that show also noticeably lacked parental supervision. So, like... Mm-hmm. I think that part of it is rooted in something true. And I think mm-hmm. I think what mm-hmm. makes the movie so fun is that like this is what would happen if teenagers were left <laughs> to their own devices. Was that your like working theory yeah. at this point? Yeah, I thought it was I thought this is actually a good movie. This is a very pro parenting movie, actually, if you think about it. <laughs> Be involved. Be involved or else. or else this happens. They should show this at, at parenting classes. This movie, man, was wow. I mean, okay, I think it's every teen's fantasy to have the run of the roost. Yeah, rule the roost. The way these kids <laughs> rule the roost. No parents. No parents. So it definitely is a teen fantasy. It was a fantasy of mine. Oh my God, a free house? Are you kidding me? But like a free and house would come have money? in the afternoon for two hours when your parents went out to do chores or like errands and they felt comfortable errands. leaving you home. Mm -hmm. And you would usually just like watch something on TV. Not this. Yeah. You make two Pop Tarts (laughs) and you saddle up to some cat dog. Yeah, you eat in front of the TV or something like that. Yeah, where they're like, you can't eat in the TV room. I'd be like, well, watch me. Yeah, actually, don't watch me because I'm going to do it behind your back. (laughs) Yeah. Just like the the packaging's like, going to be really careful. Yeah. So that was sort of my working fantasy of what I would do home alone. This was different. This was just a little different. This was different. I couldn't believe it. And you know, I couldn't and you know what it. this movie did remind me of? And what? was like this this debate where it's like, or I think it's very modern where people are like, we need to we need to listen to teenagers. We need to hear their valid points of view. And when I watched this movie, I was like, Do we? I don't think you should. <laughs> I wouldn't have listened to my opinion at that age or taken take it seriously. And yeah, it was. Um, I bet they would all look wow. back on this and say, um, you know, maybe we would have done things differently. But we were just kids. We we're just kids. Yeah, like adult. What's her face? Catherine is like, oh, oh such a uh, mistakes. You know, I made I made some mistakes, yeah. but I was a kid. I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> it's like you needed a program. Yeah, she needed, needed help. A boarding school, but. Yeah, they so that was like so that help. was really my way to work through the movie. Is that you know, there these these kids, they say they say things, they do things that are I guess inappropriate then, certainly inappropriate now, but they're they're acting as teenagers. For lack of a, you know, it is what it is. 
If you're listening at home, I'm, I'm just shaking my head. Just SMH. I can't excuse their behavior. Like, they're behaving in the worst way alive. Like, personality disorders, left, left right, center. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say. For sure. But I think that's the point, right? Yeah, I think... I did want you to explain it to I me. I think... But it seems like we're both confused. Yeah, I think, like, this is also, like, in an age before ideas of self-help and working on yourself like mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. i think there's something charming about this time period about being a mess mentally right like <laughs> charming mess. yeah like it was kind of like aspirational <laughs> to be yeah, I'm like just us like, what was the message if you were a teen in 99 because we're uh, we're watching yellow jackets now and like it, it, it takes place in the 90s not we, you're not part of it, somebody else. And <laughs> someone else. But what's very prevalent in that series, which which is about 90s like nostalgia, is like this idea of like the psychot yeah. like the psychotic character. And like Yeah, it was big. It was like that very was generic psych psychotic. And like yes. I, there was yes. something like the the you didn't look at that character and be like Oh, like I wonder what their journey will be to get better. The journey was like, ooh, I want to see them spiral out. The journey and is knock everyone and else it. over, and like that's what this reminds me of. Which is that like you didn't watch yeah. this movie looking at Ryan Felipe's character being like, ugh, I I can't wait. Felipe I can't wait for him to go back to therapy. It was like no, like we actually uh, cheers cheered when he got the therapist mad, and we knew he would never go back. It's like, a, it's a very different way of looking at mental health. <laughs> it's it's very tongue in cheek. It's camp. It's satire. And it's like, you're right. That's actually a hilarious opening scene that he's with a therapist. Yeah. Straight up just like showing how much he gives no shits about therapy. Well, that and... And is playing psychological, quite literally psychological warfare with the therapist. Right. Well, that and the fact that she is completely unprofessional and incompetent. Uh, Exactly. So like the movie yes. opens... Actually, you know what's weird about the movie opening is that the first shot is actually... We get that sweeping aerial... Of a cemetery. cemetery. And Mm -hmm. because I actually forgot the ending. (laughs) (laughs) Which I actually... Worth noting, I have seen this as well. And I I was shocked when we got to the end. Yeah, I was sort (laughs) of shocked. I didn't really remember it. So... Anyway, it over it shoots over a cemetery and then it goes to the therapist's office and like she's so unprofessional. And this is what like this is what made me start thinking about like this idea of being psychotic in like that 90 sense where it was like therapy was like a joke. It's not real. That's sort of like what yeah, you, they're you called it a shrink. You're like, I'm at the shrink. Yeah. Like she's just a she's basically a con artist, right? Like she's just there to sell her book. And then she's going to go on a yep. speaking tour. Yep. Um, she's like, other people need my help too. Yeah. Take my book. Yeah. So we're not invested in therapy in this movie. And. It's not going to be that kind of movie. No. Not going to be that kind of movie. No. But it's. It's it's <laughs> weird. I did like. The only saving grace about the first scene was. And I wish we got more of her. But I was. I thought this was probably Tara Reed's best acting I've ever seen. Her daughter. Oh, that was. T- <laughs> exactly. Okay, that proves my point. That proves my point. Wasn't yeah, she I good? 
completely forgot and she really disappeared into it. She exactly. (laughs) That was. I thought she did really well in that scene, and she committed. She definitely committed. She committed, and Mm -hmm. yeah. So Ryan Felipe's character posts inappropriate photos of Tara Reid on the internet. Who is who is the psychologist or therapist daughter? Um, yeah, he, he kind of puts the moves on the therapist first and you're like, whoa, this is inappropriate. He's like, you have such nice legs. I would love to take pictures of them. Cut to daughter, Tara Reed crying on the phone. Mom, he said, I have such nice legs. You want to take a picture of them? And she's like, Sebastian. And it's like her vendetta against this teen. This. Yeah. Well, this scene. Sociopath. And this scene also, because besides her and maybe two other characters. So those are the only adults that we have. But in this first scene, she is essentially in like a glass box, banging on it, yelling at Ryan Felipe. And it was like, she has no power over this child. None of the adults have any power. Even the police officer is in that little glass cube. And like, they have, they have no way to stop him. Like, yeah, it's so clear. It's so clear from the first animals frames. Are, like like what animals this are out be. at the zoo. It was like they have free reign. <laughs> free reign. When we say rule the roost, <laughs> we mean it. We we're actually not kidding. <laughs> no, they we mean it, and they have free reign, and and it's like everyone's fantasy. I feel like this is very Gossip Girl. It's just like you just want to have money in New York City. Yeah, just be rich. And it's also a weird scene because. The mom, yeah, she's mad at him for posting them on the internet, but she's actually more mad at Tara Reid. At her daughter. <laughs> How could you fall for it? How could you be so stupid? This movie has um, eerie, eerie similarities with true, no, true intent, true lies. True. What's true lies? What's the Jamie Lee Curtis oh, one? Oh, true lies. Yeah, wow, I was about to call it True Intention. What's that movie we did th- th- four weeks ago? <laughs> Three weeks ago. Um, we're rusty, you guys. No, True Lies, because nothing sticks to the man. Oh, nothing. It's all just like, what did you do? He's like, to he this? is he is presented to and us as like point. a wounded bird who only, actually he only gets better in the eyes of the movie as the movie goes on. At least uh-huh, that's what uh-huh. they want yeah, he when gets you out think. scot-free. He gets, oh my gosh, clean reputation. Yeah. Basically. He's fine. But this movie is about ruining Sarah Michelle Gellar's life, basically. Basically. But she does a great and job. Like, okay, she she ruined a lot of lives. I have to hand it to Sarah Michelle Gellar. I would have read the script and I would have been like, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, like in the way that you're in your low twenties, how are you making decisions like this about movies? Yeah. Maybe if I were older, like Christine Boransky, she probably understood the joke, the satire of the camp. At 22 or however old Sarah Michelle Gellar would have been, I would have been like, I don't get this. Like, well, quite literally, and we'll get to the scene, but like when her... And we don't get it. And her brother clear. do like major plot exposition in the beginning, I could not follow it for the life of me. But... Yeah. So there's that backing track. It's sexy. It's snazzy. It's ping pong Yeah. And they're setting up some sort of bet. They're setting up a bet where like... Vendetta. Where... Okay, but before the bet scene, we actually meet Selma Blair, and Selma Blair is with her mom, Christine Baranski, and we mm-hmm. find out that I guess she's going to be going to the same school that Sarah Michelle Gellar goes to, and her mom basically wants her to be her popular her, her buddy, yeah. her to help her. <laughs> 
Okay, thanks, mom. But, but my mom never cared. But I think it's funny though because it definitely comes from, and I think it was sort of dying out at this time. Like this idea of high school is this hard to navigate place, which was like not my experience. By the time we not went my to high school, at all. very easy, to very quite very easy. easy to navigate. Just I was just fine. But it it very much comes to that place where it's like the parents are powerless over high school. Only the kids can help you understand how to do it. Like, yeah, I get like that. In a right? film, that was the in thing. a film today, like we would see somebody meeting with like a crooked counselor who's like going to help Felicity Huffman's daughter go to somewhere else. But like, that's not the interest right now. The interest right now is like she needs somebody to like help her in the hallways because that's what's important. Yeah. It's like high school at this time is eat or be eaten. And <laughs> Literally. we are going to introduce you to the apex predator right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here she is. But what's, and yeah. that was so 90s or like late 90s. It felt very, um. yeah. What's the other Shakespeare, Taming of the Shrew, whatever. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, I think what further illustrates that idea up. is that like her mom or, or Selma Blair's mom is basically coming to kiss Sarah Michelle Gellar's ring. And then mm-hmm. while God she's there, status. while she's there, she recoils in horror at seeing Ryan, Felipe's character. And again, it just like, it furthers this idea that like the parents are, not only do the parents have no control over the teens, they're actually scared of them. Like she was, <laughs> hor- she was like, she started shaking and she's she like, had to leave. Stay away from that Sebastian fellow or whatever. Did you hear what he did to so-and-so? And he comes in and he goes, I hear she's still recovering. Like he he picks up where she left off. Literally. In the line. I did like Selma Blair's um, koala t-shirt. That was cute. That was fine. She's giving similar performance in The Sweetest Thing. It is. Her... It's clueless. It's like it's, they really went full bimbo on it's it. It's weird because... Can I say that? It, yeah, no. This is total, like, of the time bimbo? bimbo performance. Like, she's not yeah. dialed in. And... No, I know. It's kind of confusing. It's like she's not really playing to the top of her intelligence. Which is weird so because when going, I think of someone Blair, I think of her performance in Legally Blonde where she's like super cold and cunning and calculated and it's like that's what I think of with Selma Blair this kind of like askew like not really on this planet Selma Blair is I mean I enjoyed it but it just it felt like she was playing like against type maybe that's exactly right I feel like this is a miscast or they just were trying to get to know her maybe yeah it's almost like they didn't know what to do with her yeah it's just it's not the prototype this is not her thing. Yeah. And I'm like, why is she being cast as this like idiot? That'd be like me being cast as the dumb character. You just wouldn't, wouldn't do get it. it. Wouldn't make sense. Wouldn't get it. So she is like, yeah. why are they casting this smart girl? She's like acting in a weird corner. And, but like Ryan Felipe, he's also like, he's, I don't know what he's doing. It's like, it's, it's, it's a combination of like overacting and like, Mouth acting. I couldn't stand him in this. Yeah, it's almost like he read a book about how to modulate your voice for different scenes. And then he's like, I'm going to do that for the whole movie. He was like whisper yeah, acting. Yeah, in the same pattern. And like. He's like, well, sister of mine. <laughs> I'm like, it was like a lot of lip acting. A lot of lip acting. I, it, it made me really pause and think I've truly never seen Ryan Felipe in anything else <laughs> ever. So I have nothing, nothing to compare, to compare it to. It to. So I'm like, is he doing the most here or is he just being himself? Right. Well, that was my other thing. I was like, maybe this is, 
This is his. My this fault is for his. Not seeing this more. is his best. His is his best work. Maybe. I think that he's turning in his best. Truly. Maybe. I don't know. Hard to tell. It's just such a weird. Char- they're two weird characters. Catherine and Sebastian. They're step siblings, right? Their parents have married each step. other. They have to be step siblings. <laughs> yeah, because they want to. Fu- <laughs> they want to fill in. They the want to get to know each other on a more intimate level. And they want to Game of Thrones each other. Yeah, they pre Game of Thrones. They arrange like this 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 bet where Ryan Felipe uh, initially what uh, Sarah Michelle Geller wants him to do is to ruin Selma Blair. Yeah, but he decides instead he's going. I'm like, I think she's going to ruin herself. She's kind of dumb. <laughs> he's going to target. Reese Witherspoon's character Annette. Annette, who we haven't met yet, because she's like the the daughter of the new headmaster or something headmaster. like that. But to be honest, this scene, and this is the second time I've seen the scene, I found so confusing. Like they were, th- it's hard when a movie references characters early on that you haven't met yet. Like by name, yeah, by first name, and they're trying, they're trying, <laughs> they're like showing you the article where they're like Annette, and and you do have some facial recognition. You're like, okay, Reese Witherspoon, yeah, it, but cool. at least for me, I found it really hard to really grapple with like why this matters and like who these people are and like and like why we're doing this. Like I understood, there's no why, there's no why. I, that well, that's there a, is no why. Like that's the thing. You're like why? They're just teens. Are we? Is, are we they're bored? acting up. And that's they're acting it. up. They're straight up. Bored. Yeah, it's just like bored. I have an idea. Let's ruin so and so. And he's like, no, no, no. Let's ruin this girl because she's a bigger challenge. And sister's like, I like the way you think. Okay, let's make this interesting. Yeah. If you succeed, I'll sleep with you. Yeah. So I, I think if you walk away from the scene and all that you know is that they're they're being a little manipulative <laughs> or calculating, you're good. Like that's all you need. It's the point. You got you it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> because the you're the there. plan does change. So it's also like it's the plan changes quite a few times. <laughs> It was about power, right? It's about these two literal sociopaths, probably with bipolar disorder, among other things. Yeah. And they're they're really trying to one-up each other. They're always trying to have the upper hand. Um, you really are like, who has the power here? And we leave the scene going, okay, great. Bet is in order. Who's going to win? Yeah, who's... Let's watch. Right. One of these two is going to... But gonna, I was missing One of these two is going to win something by doing something. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's and, it. And... Um, yeah, if Catherine wins, she gets his car. I know, his, like, I knew that. Car. That that was clear. That was clear. If Sebastian wins, he gets to sleep with his sister, <laughs> stepsister. She'll finally give it up to him. That's nice. Those are equal prizes, I guess, in the eyes of the movie. They seem equal. They seem, <laughs> they seem great. One has a little better resale value. Oh my god! Not mad about it. Not mad about it. So then Ryan Felipe is like, "We're in crazy town. Ryan, we are in Ryan Felipe is like, okay, got it. I'm off to do my thing with this girl Annette, and he goes to somewhere, and Reese Witherspoon is there on horseback, and." I, I know. Does he, where does he go? I don't know where the mansion was. The family mansion? And, but that woman also wasn't her mom. It was like a, yeah, like a maid. Oh, we don't, no, not maid. I, she wasn't the maid, but the woman on the horseback, like the older, more distinguished woman, 
was like mm-hmm. a woman of the house, like like maybe maybe a relative or something. I couldn't quite place who she was. But I did look up and I was surprised to see that it was the same lady from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, I missed that. Um, I was sleeping in class when we played that. Okay, My got bad. it. So anyway, what, what did make me laugh about this scene, because again, I didn't really know who Reese Witherspoon was. I certainly didn't know who the older woman on the horse was. Also, why does she just have an article in Seventeen magazine? Can anyone just anyone get one? can? Sub- I think you know what. Okay, that's a good point. Can anyone just? Submit? I think that was part of the mystique of Seventeen magazine is that there was always the thrill that like you could be a part of it. Maybe I think it I was. Did want an article I think it was. When I was like younger. they would have like like high school reporters like write in about like yeah. Real girl talks about fundraising in her local town. Yeah, exactly. Like I, and then there would be a celebrity being like, "Here's how you lose your cellulite." Yeah, exactly. I think it was. I think it was. Balance. It sold the the false opportunity that you could be in the pages one day. Yeah, because I'm seeing Annette Reese Witherspoon's character in the pages of Seventeen, and I'm going, "Okay, she's going to be a little unattainable. Like, where do we find her at this house? Just go to her house. Just go to her house. But it's not really her house because later in the movie. It's like her like vacation home. It's summer break. Oh, okay. And they're rich. They're all right, rich. Right, right. I guess and, it's like great. I um, guess we're, 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 we're living in like a great Gatsby world where this is probably somewhere on Long Island somewhere in terms of like, sure, sure. like Hamptons-y type down. place. But um, yes, yes. Um, what's funny about this scene is, again, we're in an undisclosed location with two characters we don't even know. Um, and then they hear like this car make a sound. And then the older lady goes, oh, that must be Ryan Felipe's character. And I was like, why? Why would it be? Oh, that must be Sebastian. Why would it be him? I was so confused. Everyone, do you notice how everyone in this movie seems to know each other? Oh, everyone knows each like, other. Where from how geographically this doesn't even make sense. Well, what I, what's fun about the movie is that they lead you to believe that there are 10 people in New York City. <laughs> And what's actually really funny about that, too, is that at the very end, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Reese Witherspoon don't meet until the very end of the movie. Until the bathroom scene. When, when yeah. she says to her, have we met? I was like, wait, have they met? Wait, I was like, they haven't. Movie, they haven't met. <laughs> so that was true. You're right. This movie, this is, a, um, this is an intimate cast, let's just say. It's teeny. Yeah. Small. Well, okay. Now I understand why you're confused or thinking that that, that woman is a maid because- because he does say like to her, go in and make that iced tea that you're famous for. And I was yeah, like... Yeah, he treats her like I the help. Like, I don't think she makes the iced tea. But um, but they... um, So he he shoes... Again, he shoes the, the woman away. Yeah. The kids have control. And he takes her on like an aggressive walk. Mm-hmm. And I would say that... Not that it was like I wanted it to happen, but I did think that there was arguably more chemistry between the two of them than perhaps Sarah Michelle Geller and him. Like, yeah, on a surface level, this movie's sexy. <laughs> it was this movie's hot. sexy, and like they do end up getting married and having children. Well, together, I know. So, <laughs> no, I know you know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm not making a judgment call on your. Spark. But I did feel something. Saying, I felt I'm, something I'm in this scene, that and I'm going. I'm like, kiss her now. Yeah, do right it, do it. <laughs> That would have been a problem. Because she's very much so like, I've got your number. I've heard about yeah. you. I'm steering so clear of you. Yeah. And he's like, he's doing that like, 
what do you know, sweet? Like, oh, his thing in this movie is disgusting. Right. It's the character, but it's like, I just... It's the character, but I do think that there are ways to make, to play it where it's perhaps less sleazy. Because his character really isn't sleazy. It's like, he could be charming. I don't know. It comes across really sleazy. But, um... They have. It's, it's just gross, and it's hard to reconcile. Yeah, but, and he like ooh. he can't believe that that she has a negative impression of him, so he like yeah, he's he wants to track down who was responsible for giving him mm-hmm. this information, and we have a a, a brief detour <laughs> with. The B plot of this is kind of wild. What I liked about <laughs> the B's and C's. I like this B plot because it truly was a B plot. <laughs> it was introduced and wrapped up in 15 minutes. Like You're talking about the the framing of the I'm boy, talking about right? the framing Greg. of the gay football player. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's not even a B plot. That's like a Z it's plot. It's a Z plot. It's just like <laughs> let's introduce it and then let's just We never see Joshua book. Jackson again, I don't think. No. Mm, is that Greg? No, Joshua Jackson is is the gay guy. Yeah, well, they're both gay, but the one the the out gay guy, (laughs) the out gay, the one with the frosted tips is is Joshua Jackson. I have to end this podcast right now. I've just misspoken. (laughs) He's the gay one. (laughs) Yeah, he. I was like, is does is this subplot okay somehow because he's okay with it? Well, okay. That's kind of where my mind was going. And that's where I'm going to have to ask you to just like drop the lens of is it okay? Because they are teens. <laughs> whole movie. They're teens. We need to just drop it. And in their world, this is okay. This is fine. Because they're problem they're problem live. solving to the best of their abilities. <laughs> and to that I say okay. Now, is it right? Now, they're, they're, oh. no, God, no, 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 no. But <laughs> again, they're, they're not bouncing their ideas off of anyone. This is what happens. They have no adults. This is what help. happens when you just pick the first idea you have. <laughs> this is literally. And that's what it is. And there's so many plans being made over a flip phone. Yeah. But what's funny about. And Ryan Felipe is making it work. What's funny about the, about Joshua Jackson's character is like. He's also terrible too. Like he's yeah, no, he's a he's, horrible person. He's, a bad, he's like, I will totally help you frame <laughs> frame this guy, this man I'm sleeping with, because <laughs> he's gonna frame this the other gay guy, Greg, I think, who's the football yeah, player, Greg. because he assumes Who that he's is, the one that told Reese Witherspoon. He's the informant. He's the inf- so we're gonna try to frame the informant. Yeah, and um, Joshua Jackson is like, I think Spartacus is on tonight. <laughs> And Ryan Felipe is like, great, I'll be there with a camera in hand. It's like right on time, right outside the door. Yeah. So they, we find out from um, Joshua Jackson, out gay. Yeah. That they they sleep. <laughs> Feel free to call me out at any point. No, because that's this is the world we're living in. This is the world. Like, this let's be world. real, okay? <laughs> Guys, we're really just trying to level with you. Like, we're not. No, we're not. I'm not here to reinvent anything. No, this is what it is. Let's just anyway. Yeah. So he's like, okay, um, Spartacus is on tonight, so you know what that means. Yeah. Come through. Yeah. And the second Ryan Felipe pushes into that room and they like scramble, Greg's like, give me my underwear. Um, Ryan Felipe's got that camera out and Joshua Jackson's filing his nails. <laughs> sits back. Sits back and just lets it happen. He he made it he made choices as to how he was going to approach and develop this character. 
and mm-hmm. it is what it is. So it is what it is. It's on. It's committed to cellular. I can't. So there's no. There's no working it. around it. Nope. He did what he did. He did what he did. But, but it happens. Hopefully, he can sleep at night and he feels good about it. I think he's sleeping just I think fine. He's fine. I think he's sleeping yeah, just he's fine. fine. But um. So anyway, they, they yeah. So but we find out that Greg didn't do didn't didn't inform. Her. Yeah, so the Z plot pointless. Let's just out. Let's just out someone for the sake of it because it's like probably really salacious in the ni- in the late nineties to do that. Yeah, for sure. Know? And like, let's just do that. And they um, instead. And if this movie's anything, it's salacious. It's so salacious. But then he he's like, "Listen, I have a new idea for you, and I want you to say really nice things about me to her." And he does. Okay. Yeah, so he's got the evidence now. Um, he's got him framed. A lot of blackmail, yeah. let's just say. A lot of blackmail in this movie. A lot of convoluted blackmail. It's like, well, I have this. Well, I have this. Yeah. Well, It's hard to tell who's on top, like who's winning. It's really hard to tell who's winning. Um, <laughs> Until the very just, end. Whoever is the most pompous and does the most squinty acting is like, oh, he's got the power. Or she. That's right. Or she. And yeah, so he's got it. And then they're like, okay, Greg, go talk it up. Go talk him up to Annette. And again, we see like a classic scene of a man manipulating a woman, which is my favorite kind. Yeah. <laughs> favorite kind of dynamic That's right. between man and woman. Adam and Eve. <laughs> he is like, <laughs> tales old as time. That's right. He's like, looking at, you're like a sister to me. I love you. Would I steer you wrong? Sebastian, good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. He. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Ignore, you know that gut instinct you have around him? You feel kind of weird? Ignore it. That's right. Because you're wrong. <laughs> we wonder why, like... I mean, Greg's not a great guy either. Like, the, he's not... It's not like Greg is a saint either. Everyone is bad. Everyone is... That's the, the thesis of this movie. Everyone's Even bad. Ronald, the cello instructor. <laughs> the cello instructor, bad. Christine Baranski, bad. bad. Therapist, bad. Sarah Michelle Geller, bad. bad. Sebastian, bad. But... He comes out scot-free. Yeah, you have to grade them on a curve. If everyone's bad, then some people have to be good because... So Ryan Felipe? Yeah, good. (laughs) It's a math equation. And it's like equal sign, Ryan Felipe, good. Yeah. Now, the scene when... We have to go to the real B plot. Which is? Which is they're trying to sexualize Uh Selma Blair's character real quick. Uh Uh-huh. And how is Sarah Michelle Gellar, a.k.a. Catherine, going to do that? We're going to kiss. A little lesson in the park. <laughs> a little lesson in the park. And it was, wow. It was. Wow. I think it's come to be iconic. It's funny, though, because, like, <laughs> what's funny about this scene, the only thing that I could focus on was that um, Selma Blair was dressed like a child. And Sarah Michelle Gellar was dressed like a woman in her 40s. Like, with, like, this, like, black. It was, like, very, it was a weird dynamic between the two of them it wasn't a very uncomfortable dynamic i was not psyched about it yeah um yeah like if women are getting taken advantage of left and right by men it was double it was oh that she's also being taken advantage by sarah michelle geller yeah it's an equal everyone's an equal opportunity offender in the movie equal opportunity offender she's like you know selma blair's like i need experience I, i i'm a little bit confused by the logic of let's get her sexualized because they want to ruin her that's that's it yeah they want to ruin her reputation in school yeah because so she's like let's get her interested in no because sarah michelle geller 
in the beginning says that she last summer was dating this guy who like wouldn't like um be her boyfriend and now he is interested in Selma Blair. So her plan is oh, to have so we're gonna ruin, ruin her. her so that he comes back to Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. That was the, I guess the if, motivation. If I'm working backwards, yeah. If I'm like, okay, the end game is let's ruin her. Step A to me is not make out with her in a park. You know? They're playing the but long I game. I guess she needed <laughs> I guess they were like, okay, You she... think that would just be enough? Mm. Yeah. Someone take a picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> She's ruined. <laughs> it's 99. I yeah. Mean, come on. <laughs> I did. Yeah, it was weird. After that scene, I did like, no, I don't know where, where was the pool that they were doing this, the, this nighttime swim? Was that at the mansion? I was going to ask you what? Why are they both sleeping in the same house? Yeah. I, like she has a bedroom in his summer home, I think. I mean, I think it's her summer home. I think it's her family's summer home, but. Yeah. I don't know why they're both there or why they're listening to Love Fool, but. <laughs> <laughs> that was really confusing to me. So like B-plot is kind of tied up. Um, Selma makes out with um, Sarah Michelle Geller. you know, yeah. get her going. Um, cause you know, don't you practice on your friends when you're trying to learn in the how to park kiss? I'm like, <laughs> on a picnic blanket or your fucking arm, bitch. Yep. Like everyone else had to <laughs> kiss your hand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God. But okay. So you're right. I was going to ask you this. I was going to put it to yeah. you. Why are Ryan Felipe mm-hmm. and Reese Witherspoon in the same home? She seems know. to have a bedroom and a house and he's there. I didn't know. And Again, it's it it's an open door policy. Everyone gets to go into whatever home they want. Revolving door. Yeah. I th- it has to be his home because she comes down in a huff and she's like, don't you know you're playing music in all the rooms of this house? And he goes, no, just yours. Right. I, I do think it's down. her room. I think it's her family's house. If it's not her house, why he's there, I don't know. How how does he have the why, the the password to stream the music in her room? <laughs> how does he have the Sonos? Unclear, but password? I will say that was a nice backpack that he gave her, and she should have been more grateful. <laughs> I was looking, I was like, "Is this product?" It had her name on it. That's very nice. It's a nice gift. Yeah, it was a good gift. Um, she's still not totally convinced by him. She comes down. She's like, "Okay, I will go swimming with you." Goes in her room, changes to a robe, comes back down. He's naked inappropriate i would have left right then and there <laughs> but she's like let's see this through she's like i'm I, I, I'm, I'm dressed for the pool i'm getting in the pool i'm getting in this pool i was shook i was like shocked i was like okay she's gonna wrap up her robe and walk right back upstairs and she takes the robe off and gets in the pool <laughs> I was like, okay. yeah the only satisfying part about that <laughs> is that it really does lead him on and she rebuffs him right at the right time so yeah she's like best you can hope for his friends and you're really pushing that now and i think like in this by this point in the movie it does really speak to like this idea of this being a star vehicle because it's it's really carved Mm -hmm. out not only these characters but more so like these public personas for these for these 
actors. Like Sarah Michelle yeah, Gellar yeah. is like definitely being portrayed as like a bitch. And Ryan Felipe is being portrayed as like a sex symbol. And Reese is being portrayed as like this innocent. Innocent virgin. Yeah. And like. She's Sandra. She's Sandra And D. she's going on to do like Sweet Home Alabama in like two years. And it's like. That's wild to me. Right. Wasn't that she 2001? Goes from teen. Yes, we don't have ammo. It's two thousand two. Oh right, so it's she like she really does go from teen to like career woman real quick <laughs> in Hollywood. But it's they were, but they're definitely capitalizing on this idea that comes that I is is presented here as well, like that innocent. Yeah, you know yeah. she's got pigtails on in every scene. Let's just say that. <laughs> Come on, she's pigtail braids in every scene. I'm going if I wore that, people would be like, "The fuck is wrong with you?" Well, I think you're 22. Not only are these characters so different, but they just don't seem like they're they're at the same like school age level. Like, could you imagine going into a class <laughs> as a teacher and having Selma Blair, Reese Witherspoon, and Sarah Michelle Gellar? I'm like, you guys are at really different levels. Like, we're gonna have this is gonna be a really hard time teaching you guys. They're so different. Sarah Michelle Gellar knew it. She was like, we got to get Selma to catch up. She's right. She's behind. We got to get her to catch up. She's so behind. So let's send Sebastian on her. That's right. To assault her. Yeah. Casually. But. Yikes. Literally yikes. But Reese rebuffs him. And I guess we're supposed to cheer, but we're also supposed to be a little bit disappointed because how could she resist him? Yeah, because he's so sexy. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a split in the audience where people are looking at her being like, she's nuts. I can't believe she's so so uptight. Yeah. Look, look, stick up her ass. (laughs) Gets out of the pool without even even entertaining the thought. Yeah. It's, it really is that I, I really am looking for an overarching theory on like the true lies of it all where it's just like nothing sticks to men. Well, it's all about the woman and how she handles it. Oh, for every, the you? movie revolves around how the different characters react to Ryan Felipe. Yeah. And yeah. if they do it appropriately or not. Same thing with like and we we're judging. Same thing with like Selma Blair and the cello instructor guy. It's like it's all about how she responds to him and like and her being good or yeah, not. Man. And it's like he was also being inappropriate too. Like he was hired to be her. Not also. It's like he was. He is the more. He's at he's fault. One hundred percent. Right, but you don't. The movie <laughs> won't begs you, you not think to that. think that way. <laughs> The movie's like, look at her. Though. Look at, wait, she but look at, but it. look at her. But look at her. Where does she get off wearing a short skirt like that with a koala bear T-shirt? I mean, who wouldn't be able to resist? Yeah, but they Ryan Felipe retreats. He goes back to the city, and him and and Sarah Michelle Geller. I guess like they they have this weird scene where she's sitting on his lap, and they're like they're talking, and he's massaging her, and they're saying they're saying really really cryptic innuendos i'm shocked you're bringing this up which like even i had to she's had to him. parse those words which like did make me think like wow if i was 13 watching this movie i definitely i would have understood the mood but i wouldn't have understood the language like no i wouldn't have understood at they're, all. they're speaking like, doing? they're speaking coded like there's they're not saying what's happening yeah. under their clothes they're speaking around it and i think you would have a hard time yeah. deciphering it I think this is where I was like, okay, I think the source material, right? Dangerous liaisons. Yeah. I th- I think I'm missing the source material here. I think that we'll have to watch the original a, with Glenn Close. Put your glasses on because we have work to we do. We have work to do. 
but I think they were giving um, a teen spin on some on a form that I was unfamiliar with. But you're right; it's coded language. It's sexy. It's sexy. It's real. But you know what's sexy. not sexy? What? Email, because that's for geeks <laughs> and pedophiles, as they say in the movie. <laughs> that was my favorite line. Oh, how the tides! That was turned. my favorite line in the movie. I wrote. I wrote an "Eat me, Sebastian." <laughs> 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 this moment. <laughs> Oh my god! I read the raunch is shocking. Sebastian's trigger warning is so rapey; it's disgusting. Well, and this is a weird turn in the movie because now they're like they're gonna get one over officially on Selma Blair because like Reese Witherspoon yeah. is like not having it, and like this is where so to pursue her. They now. give Sebastian this throwaway line of like where he's like, ugh don't you realize what we're doing? We're like destroying an innocent girl. And it's like, they, you know, he wouldn't say that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, he wouldn't actually articulate. Yeah. Wait, why even put it in there? I don't really remember it even. I'm like, I, well, I think like what they wanted to, they want you to, to, to come around on his side, you know, and to start really liking him. But it just felt so out of character. It's like, he wouldn't say that. (laughs) <laughs> this felt like um cumulative curriculum a castle for christmas where he just gets to act like the worst and then overnight we have to be like oh but he's good i mean she loves and then him, it so spirals into the next scene of where he does what he does with selma blair, with selma blair. and he gets her drunk and, and the tea from long island oh yeah and she's like yeah <laughs> and mm-hmm. he gets her drunk there's photos taken there's more blackmail set up it's... photos takes advantage of her but she liked it oh it's hard is that like <laughs> a movie it's not like a mo- the movie says that not right me. like i'm not saying that. like these are things that actually happen so i think they can obviously they can be in movies but it's like it was so uncomfortable to watch because it was very much playing it for laughs because what doesn't mm-hmm. help they're like look how dumb she right, is because what doesn't help is her character like is so goofy and again it doesn't make it right but it like it adds to like a slapsticky tone where it's yeah, like she's fumbling all over right. herself yeah he he finishes i they sleep together i'm pretty positive and there's a, a bowl of cherries maraschino <laughs> cherries on the night table and she bites one and she's fallen off the bed left and right she's flipping she's falling and he's like ugh bitch i've got work to do like he's shuffling papers. he's not into like, it he's a business all of a sudden he's a business yeah, he's man. business and he's, he's got, all business he's got bills to pay or something and he's they're in bed very much doing that like um yeah like that tropey after after times yeah. chat yeah and yeah he's flipping papers going like bitch no i don't have time for you i know i've just taken absolutely everything you have to give but yeah i'm also busy literally and she's fumbling and falling and we're supposed to be screaming with laughter we're supposed to be and i wrote so thankfully that scene ends and then we get a little thank we get a little reprieve at the retirement home where ryan felipe is manipulating an elderly woman (laughs) yeah we played backgammon it was great I won six times. And I kind of thought, good for him. He pl- he preyed on her inability to remember. He did. And I agree with you. This is this is the first Most scene innocent. where I'm like, that's now that's a plan. Agree. This first took scene where some I'm like, thinking. I can see that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it felt harmless. I know, obviously, elder abuse. I know it's it's rude, and but it, it largely felt harmless because she wouldn't. She remember. wouldn't remember. She wouldn't remember anything. Anyway. Yeah. Now he is being manipulative. Sure. Sure. But I think she had a great day. The woman seemed like she had a great. She probably smiled the rest of the day. She thinks she had a great day. <laughs> and that's all that really yeah, so matters, Annette, I guess. At, at the end of the day, all we have is that. Yeah. The the memory of a great day. Exactly. Yeah. And that Annette. Reese, oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, go ahead. I was just going to like take us through like they get stuck volunteering at some old folk yeah. home. And then he manipulates this poor old woman and this really gets Reese Witherspoon kind of ende- endeared to him. Yeah, and it carries over into the next scene where they're like driving in the car and like they're flirting and like mm-hmm. it's very clear like there's there's some interest like she sees this is where the filmmakers got lucky is what i'm gonna say with, they are so lucky those two have that chemistry yeah it's it it definitely it's electric it jumps off the screen like they're they're touching each other but it feels very mature compared to the rest of the movie so it's like it's actually like kind of refreshing <laughs> it's refreshing it's nice she's being goofy yeah He's actually genuinely laughing. You do feel like you're getting a peek behind the curtain on their real life relationship, or at least I felt that way. Yeah, at least the first step. And they are so goddamn lucky. <laughs> like that's all I have to say. Like they're lucky yeah. that that is what was committed to film. Yeah, they should have put him in Sweet Home Alabama instead of that other guy. I would have loved would've it. Loved it. I want to see if he still does that mouth acting that he's doing. <laughs> I would love to see him drop it. Yeah, maybe something different, but um, it's like a lot of like pursed lips. Not into no. it, but it's like fuckboy energy. So I guess at this point we're supposed to just be like, okay, they are actually they actually like each other, and then it's like we still have to wrap up the Selma Blair awkward storyline with what's her name, Sarah Michelle Geller, where they have to debrief what happened, and mm-hmm. she's like, he took advantage of me. Sarah Michelle Geller's like, are you sure? She was like, it sounds like you really liked it. Because it, it sounds like you enjoyed yourself. And so much, and like, Selma Blair's like, well, you're right. Literally. <laughs> Done. She's like, okay, I see your point and I accept it. And now that's my point of view. I actually had a really good time. Ten years later in therapy, Selma Blair's unpacking that moment. Literally. So it's like. Don't mean to laugh at people's trauma. I'm just oh, saying. It was like, okay, at least we can, we can finally put that scene to rest. And then. And then luckily Ryan and, and Reese, they like, they, um, well, he like, he like comes in and he's like, he's like actually kind of mad at her. Remember he was like, I can't. I'm trying to get there. Well, remember he like says to her, like, you're making me feel so inadequate when she like, won't like give over the goods to him. Put out. Yeah. And like, it definitely. Yeah, more guilt, more guilt laying on thick. Yeah, because I think like what they're communicating is that like what Ryan Felipe has inferred wrongly is that they're in love. But like Reese Witherspoon's character is just like, no, like I like you. And like that they're in the 90s, like it was very much like that shift. You went very quickly from liking someone to loving them. Yeah, in a scene. In a scene. And like he went on the journey, but she didn't yet. And he's so pissed. I mean, having 
kind of forgotten the plot to this movie, which I'm a little bit thankful for. At that point in the movie, I'm sitting there going, okay, how are they really going to make this okay? Like, how are they going to make the audience yeah. feel all right about this? And I'm I'm sort of waiting for him to admit that it was all a bet and her go, well, I still love you. Or I'm I'm sort of waiting for him to, to go, no, I can't sleep with you because I actually have feelings for you and run away tearfully. Yeah. Like, you're, you're kind of expecting here for him, like you said in the beginning, no one's going to change in this movie. No, no growth. But the tropey thing to do here is have him change. Have him... Oh, yeah. Or do sleep with her and then run back to Sarah Michelle Gellar and like lie about it and say, no, we didn't. Yeah. And here, you can have my roadster. Yeah. I don't even want it. Yeah. But none of those things happen. No. Instead, <laughs> just, we're... He just takes. We're meant to feel... Actually, we're actually meant to feel sorry for him. And we're going to feel <laughs> really, really annoyed at Reese for, for making him feel this way. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. She kicks him out essentially after he has his like temper tantrum. And then he's like yeah. on the lookout for her because he wants to show her just how sad he is. And I actually did like the scene. I was like, first of all, whoever made the movie has never been to Penn station because <laughs> that is not what it looks like when you come out of the escalators at Penn Station. When she comes... Is that what it was? Yeah, because he okay, talks to... Yeah, he talks to Greg and he's like, have you heard from her yet? Like, where is she? And he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I just heard. She's on a train right now to Penn Station. And he... <laughs> remember, he waits for her at the top of the escalator and she comes up. I love... I'm listening to you right now as if you're telling me a story that I have never heard okay, before. Okay, yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened in the Completely movie. That's the plot. Erased. So... Maybe I clicked out of the browser at that moment and like went shopping. Yeah. Whoops. No, she like comes up the escalator and he's like giving her puppy dog eyes. And yeah. this is when they realize they love each yeah. other. Both of them. She's right? super yeah. impressed by his, his, his. Just showing up. And I'm sure in the theater we could all relax because she's, you know, she's given us what she wanted. She, she apologized to him essentially. Thank God, because she really owed it. She really it owed to it him to him. To say sorry. And now we can relax because they are in love. Fixed. Yep. And that's when they do go back to someone's house. Don't know who's someone's apartment. His. I think maybe. it's his because we don't see her apartment until the very end. Yeah. So they go back to his place and they try to make a very steamy, romantic, earnest love scene, is what I'm calling yeah. it. Yeah. There's no goof. There's no camp. No, it's, it's very... They want you to be like, this is real. This is real. This love. is real and for sure. Like, this was not like the scene with Selma Blair. This is real. It's also even more... And we've actually sort of like... We're actually pretty it's close... It's consensual. Well, it's consensual. We're actually like pretty close to the end. And what's funny is that we've... We sort of skipped over the other plot, which was... Selma Blair. Oh my God, Selma Blair loving. Her cello instructor, Ronald. Yeah. And, well, actually, no, we sort of talked about it, but. Yeah, they're trying to frame her the whole, that's B, B plot is ruin Selma Blair's life, right? Yeah. And the whole movie, they are trying to like build her up. Yeah. Get her to say things. And she's like, oh, I have love letters from him. Where are they? In my dollhouse. Sarah Michelle Gellar immediately has her people go confiscate those letters. Confiscate <laughs> them. them give them to Christine Baranski. And Christine Baranski is not mad that she's having an affair with her cello teacher. She's mad that nope. he's black. That's the problem. Yep. So. Casual racism. Yeah. In the 90s. Casual racism. Um, 
And what's Cat, I guess what I didn't see coming was I didn't see the scene where Ryan Felipe storms in on his sister only to find Ronald being stored in the trundle bed underneath. <laughs> I I did not because they were sleeping. They were having sex. Yeah, yeah. after Selma Blair. Or sorry, after Sarah Michelle Gellar gets Ronald out of Selma Blair's life, and she, then she starts, then she starts having a relationship with him. I just like didn't. I guess I just didn't understand. I'm like, this is overkill, you guys. You've done enough. Sit back, sit back and watch. Right. I was just sort of like, wait, huh? It's just they these these two give no these two take whatever they want whenever they want. Yeah, and. It's very much motivated by hurt you. Yeah. Like, I want to hurt you. So at this rate, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is just sleeping with the cello instructor just to hurt Selma Blair, Probably. Right? Just to make her sad. Pro- yeah, 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 I think that's right. Oh, my God. But... I think they're just trying to make us believe Sarah Michelle Gellar is somehow the worst character. I think so. But I will say, by this point in the movie, in this in the way that everyone in the movie is overacting... I think that Sarah Michelle Gellar is doing the best job with the overacting. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she actually looks like I she's having that. a good time. And like, I feel like she's enjoying it in a way that I don't know if like, I don't see the same joy from like Ryan Felipe's performance. Like he's doing something else like overacting, but like Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar is giving me like, a, I guess what Emma Roberts would give us in like. Yeah. Good comparison. It's a very yes. same energy. It's it's good. Sarah Michelle Gellar, I wrote, is the secret MVP of this movie. Oh, for sure. She actually, now in 2022, I might consider her like the breakout. Like she's the kind of the star for me in this. She's taking it seriously and she crafted a character. Yeah. Whereas I really didn't see Ryan Felipe craft a character. It felt like he was just doing douchebag. And then Reese Witherspoon is doing her public persona. Yeah, she's doing innocent Which is stuff. no one's fault. It's not her fault. Like that's just what her thing for better or worse. Yeah. Became. But Sarah Michelle Gellar is doing amazing work in this movie. Yeah. And I like this scene because she like tempts Ryan Felipe and then she gets him to break up if they were even dating with Reese Witherspoon all in like one scene. And he like goes and does it. And I was like, mm-hmm. in that scene, I was like, yes, like that to me is more she took back the power. She took back the power. And I was like, that is what someone in high school would do. Like that to me felt real. Like that is something that happens mm-hmm. where you hear something from somebody and they convince you to break up with somebody and then you go and do it. <laughs> yeah. You see it in, the, in a moment, like wash over him. She's like, well, I've got all this blackmail, this notebook, this like notebook of his conquest yeah. that he's keeping, which is very artistic for someone of his um, IQ level. Yeah. I guess he's smart. But she's like, you've slept with Annette now, but you love her, but I'm going to go ruin you. And it's like a very much like you said in the beginning, it's like reputations in high school. Yeah. Other, yeah. You, you otherwise know. you're done. Yeah. So, and he immediately goes and breaks up with Reese Witherspoon immediately. on his stepsister's manipulation. And I'm like, good job. Good job, Sarah Michelle Gellar. You did your job there. Exactly. You pushed him to go do that. And we needed to see it. Because it is a movie about power. Love and power and seduction. Mm. What's weird though is that, again, like there's this big business about diaries and what people write down in the movie. And again, like she uses that to get him to break up with with Reese. But then Reese Witherspoon becomes 
after they break up, she becomes even more endeared to him by reading his diary. But I was just his like, what diary? Be? I was like, like, I think there probably isn't much good things in there. I would think they'd be pretty I was bad. So confused at that moment because they don't show you too many pages from this diary. Yeah. Okay. It seems like the diary tells the truth about Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Like that she's a bitch and a manipulator and they had a pact. And it seems like you can see Annette's page in there where he goes after her. Yeah. What are the other 60-something pages? I don't think it can't be favorable. It can't. She was selectively reading. She must have been. Oh, they all were. (laughs) I feel like they should have done the Mean Girls status on it and just made flyers of only the select pages. Because the fact that she had the whole manifesto in that ending scene too... I'm like, is this a book of like everyone he's ever slept with? Like everyone he's ever done wrong? It seemed like he was such a sociopath that he kept a book of his conquests. Yeah. Right or wrong. So I'm like, there's at least 50 other pages in that book filled with not great And not just names, but like pretty disparaging character descriptions of these people. So. Mm -hmm. Side notes, footnotes. But again, I don't think that that's the message. I think what they wanted you to think is like, oh, look how sensitive he is. He has a diary and it's probably really sweet, but there's no way. And she's like, wow, now I have the truth. And then she's like, she's like, okay, got to get him back. Got to get this guy. Yeah, so he Gives her the book yeah. to get her back. Yeah. Um, confusing. But confusing. Okay, but by the end, when they converge on the street, I was just confused why they're fighting. Wait, why is Ryan Felipe <laughs> fighting with Ronald? Isn't that who he's fighting with at the end? I forgot the ending of this one. Okay, I have to look up the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, get on the Wikipedia. We'll cut the dead air. Fill in some blanks for me because at this rate... Okay, Ronald starts a fistfight with Sebastian after Catherine tells him that Sebastian hit her and violated yes. Cecilia. Okay, that's right. So she walks I out and that. Ronald... Because, again, th- and this is where it really magnified to, to me is like, why is Ronald still here? Because, like, Ronald is starts a fight it's with him. With Selma Blair. Yeah. In the bed. Sarah Michelle Gellar calls him up and she's like, oh my God. Um, after he stormed out, she, she's like, Sebastian hit right. me. I guess he cares about her enough to come help her out. I mean, I guess you always want the man. You always want a he man to He stands up you. for her and they start fist fighting in the streets. And they fist fight. But it, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, we really haven't spent enough time with Ronald to to like, to like know him or to like, or I guess what I'm trying to say is that when you're watching this fist fight between Ronald and Ryan Felipe, you're only rooting for Ryan Felipe. Ryan like there's Felipe. no like there's no Ronald fans who are like get get him Ronald. <laughs> like it's pretty clear who you're rooting for. He was there for like the slapstick of it all also, I think. Which I don't know if if you are taking Sarah Michelle Geller at face value that he she was struck by her stepbrother Sebastian. Yeah. You have to be Team Ronald in that. Yeah, but we're not. And it's we're and going again, this Sebastian. You know, if I was and if I was if I was Ronald and I heard Dead. that, I would have said, "Okay, well, did you tell your parents?" <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, what am? It's not my response. Punchline of the podcast. That's not my responsibility, t- right? Did you call the cops? Did you call the cops? Did you tell your parents? Like, 
Who knows? Like, thank you for telling no, me. No, teens making bad decisions. It's vigilante justice in the streets. Ronald is hitting Sebastian. And... Um, vigilante justice is very star vehicle. Very star very, vehicle. We've been seeing it a lot. Yeah. And Reese jumps in the melee to like, to who knows what. And she gets pushed into the street. A taxi cab is coming. And before she is run over... Ryan Felipe pushes her out of the way, sacrificing himself Saves her. in the process. Yep. The best thing yep. he could have ever done yep. for his reputation. Yeah. Die for Reese Witherspoon. Dies for Reese right after he, for the first time, is shocked. actually in love. Like, this is crushing news for the teens in the audience. Yeah. Because, okay, so after Sarah Michelle Gellar... Um, you know, like frames Sebastian, Ryan Felipe. Ryan Felipe knows he's got to go and like tearfully break up with Reese, right? Is that when they have that tearful <laughs> slap scene? Right. That's the, that's before. And then, and then she's basically running to like get back together with him yeah. in this moment. You're right. The last time they've for- seen is when they were like, yeah, for our listeners at home, I feel like we glazed over an, an important fight scene where we're also supposed to be endeared to him, where to, to save her, he's like, I never liked you. I never cared about you. I got to break up with you. And she's like, I don't believe you. And then we feel like we're watching real Ryan Felipe and real Reese Witherspoon because she slaps him. Slaps him across the face. Yeah. Like, I don't believe you, Sebastian. Yeah. Um, so it's like the moment when they are connecting in the street was like the when they were going to forgive forgive each other for everything and like really and you know be back on board with each yeah. other cuz she you know loved his diary. Yeah. So it's extra sad. She loved she his loved sad the diary. Look. But it's so sad. And pretty on brand for this podcast is we don't care about the order of the scenes. We just want to make doesn't sure we matter. talk about them. And so we like to just put them in a little shaker cup and shake yeah. them all up for you. So you're welcome. And he's dead. So now he's dead. <laughs> and he's dead. And it's I was shocked I forgot I forgot forgot it too I guess at this point I was like honestly (laughs) it should have been Ronald because we don't know Ronald and whatever easy it's it's better that way but um now is it the next when they're at like the memorial service is so now it's like the school year has begun I feel like okay so this all took place over like one hot summer before school yeah it was a sexy summer okay got it um that was the pact the pact was sleep with Annette by the end of the summer or I get your car yeah um it and so they're at school now okay doing a memorial and I'm like he's dead yeah he's dead dead what and the bathroom wow. scene where Reese Witherspoon and Sarah Michelle Gellar meet is pretty, is honestly the best scene in the movie. Like seeing the two of them interact. Loved it. Yeah. Could have used more of that. Yeah, I was like, why are we so scared to put our girls together in a scene? Like, I wish we would have. Oh, they're petrified. Wish we would have gotten more of that energy of like the two of them. Yeah. Because like. Because it is electric because they we realize in real time, because uh, I did and I know you did. That they've never met. The they've never they met, met each other. And it's funny, though, because this also read very high school to me, where you are keeping things to yourself, even though both people know, like, what's going on. Like, they both knew all the information, and they were mm-hmm. holding their cards to their chest for, like, power stuff, yeah. which is very... 
It, it felt very of the age for them. Like I liked that. Yeah, I liked it. It felt a lot. like for the first time they were acting like kids. Like they were acting like real teens. Yeah, they were acting like teens. So I appreciated that. Yeah. And like, oh, do I know? Do I know you? No, we've never met. What? And yeah, <laughs> you've stalked their whole Insta. Literally. Oh, that kind of. Energy. Oh, you did that over the summer. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So you just did a deep dive on their Facebook page. Yeah, two thousand six. Literally. And then Sarah Michelle Geller gives her eulogy and people start getting up and leaving during it, which I thought was good. And I thought her acting was really good where she sort of like sobs the line. Yeah, she's she's like got a real they only say it like once and it is hard to glean because we're never really seeing her in this light. We're only seeing manipulative Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. But she does say that she has this reputation of being the good one, like the goody two shoes. She's got it. She's a, like, I'm the Marsha uh, Brady of the Upper East Side. <laughs> yes. She's got this reputation as Marsha Brady of the Upper East Side. So when, you know, the whole movie, when Christine Bransky is like, we really respect you. We want you to help my daughter, blah, blah, blah. That is who she is to the school and to the adults of the school. Yeah. Whom we never get an opinion from. And what feels like the whole city. Like everyone believes she's a good person. All of your city. All 10 of the people that live there. Sarah Michelle Gellar for mayor. You have all 10 of our votes. Literally. So. (laughs) So they leave and we get outside and what has been copied and reproduced and bound. Well, the Selma Blair printing house has put together her diary (laughs) And they are spreading it around. Everywhere. And what's weird about this scene, though, is... Wait, it's Sebastian's Sebastian's, yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, Yeah. that has been bound and released. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who released it? I thought Annette did. Yeah, I think Annette does, too. I mean, just Selma Blair is the one that, like, hands it to her. Like... Oh, you called it the Selma Blair printing press because it just makes the most sense that she would have one. Yeah, it would make the most sense. And... Got it. Got it, got it. Following. I think what's weird is that I don't know if I 100% believe that Reese Witherspoon's character would do this because then in the very next scene, she, and this this made no sense at all, she has his car. Yeah. How? She has no legal claim to his to car. car. Did he write a will? Did he know he was going to sacrifice himself in Central Park? Unless she, unless like. She stole, stole it. Stole it. Probably. Or, which I don't believe, Sarah Michelle Geller gave it to her as some sort of like consolation prize. It just didn't really make a lot of sense because her parents weren't even in New York City at that point. His parents never met her. So like they wouldn't give it to her. You're like concerned with the legality. Yeah, like how did she where was the meeting? How'd she get it? It was very weird. I mean, you watch it and you go, Oh, right, that's his car. Of course she has it. It was a movie symbol. Yeah. They just wanted the book end of in the opening shot, we see Sebastian driving it with the book on the passenger seat going to therapy. Yeah. And they wanted to bookend it with Annette driving away from the city, book in the scene. Right. Now, I have a couple of theories. It could have been um a, a, a reference to that source material that we have not studied. Yeah, we haven't read the book yet. So who knows? But you're right. She has no claim to this car whatsoever. It would be very weird of her to have it, and we know she wouldn't steal it. Yeah. Because it's not a net. It's not a net. So 
It was. It was. Imagine his dying strange. words were like, "You get the roadster." Get the roadster. Because you know how right before it cuts to black and we find out he's dead, he does. He says something to her. I forget what it was. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I love but, you. Um, um, it was just. I was like, huh. So it was just a funny way to end the movie because you could very easily watch that scene and be like, "Of course she has the car," and then you could also watch him be like, "Wait, why does she have what? the car?" <laughs> there is like two. There's two distinct on it. ways and of of watching the ending. You know, you re- this movie is a throw your hands up and surrender. Yeah, a white flag. Uh, a dido, dido, dido. No, it's dido not movie. dido. <laughs> it's dido, right? So. <laughs> it is. I throw my hands up. In surrender, there will be no white flag upon my door. Yeah, and so I'm surrendering to the experience. So you're right. Reading number one, of course she has the car. Yeah, of course. Reading number two, yeah, how'd she get the car? But you know what it is? It's like I think this goes back to my original thing that I was talking about about how I enjoyed the movie. Is that like this was what teens would do if they were left to their own devices. And it was like with unlimited resources. Unlimited resources. They just act but people yes. act irrationally and they do whatever they want. And I remember sitting in the cafeteria in high school and we had very long tables where like it would be like, I don't know, 40 people at a table. Yeah. Banquet. Yeah, right. <laughs> banquet seating. So you would you would Great invariably call. sit with people at your long table who you weren't there to dine with. You know what I mean? Like there were just like different <laughs> groups at the long table. And I remember one day, I would always them. pack my lunch because I didn't understand. I didn't like ever want the school food. But I remember lunch was there was a there was a group next to us of all girls one day, and I remember they all sat down and they all got the the, the food of the day, which was like whatever nachos. It was nachos actually, and <laughs> sounds like a trauma. Sounds like you remember. I remember nachos. because this is what helped me understand the movie is this moment in my life. <laughs> there's a, let's say there's four girls. This is a true story. Four girls there, they all put their nachos down. Three of them get up and decide they need something else. Like, I guess they forgot their drink or whatever. So, like a fruit punch. Yeah. And one girl, one girl stays. And the one girl, <laughs> instead of starting to eat her nachos, goes over to the other girl's nachos and starts eating theirs <laughs> while they're gone. And then... It's good idea. <laughs> and then when they come back down... Power move. I or when the girls come back, I said something to the other girls. I was like, "Do you know that she ate your food while you were gone?" And she was so mad at me. And and I realize now that I'm just like, that is what this movie is. It's like when no one's around, you will just give into your worst impulses. And yeah. like and then How when people call you out on it, they're not mad that like they got caught or rather they are, they're mad. They're, they're, they're mad. They're they caught. Got caught. They're not disappointed in their own behavior. So no, like they're fine. That, with their is, behavior. that nacho moment in my life is what helped <laughs> me understand the movie, you know? Oh my God. That's a good little allegory. I'm going to call it. Yeah. I don't know. A good little comparison. I love that. Yeah. Like she would never behave um, that way if people were, if she knew she was being watched. Exactly right. If we had... And by um, rights. And like she actually didn't really need the nachos. You know what I mean? No, she had her own. She had her own. It was just because she could take them. She could. That she did. And she she knew that no one was watching. Yeah. I mean, I've been responsible for the family McDonald's before. And I'm recklessly (laughs) reaching my hand in that bag. little bag fry action. 
And I'm pulling from my sister's exactly. Fry. So it's like like that to I'm me is it. is like the beating heart of the movie is like that teenage mm-hmm. push to see what you can get away with. And in that way, I think the movie is really successful because it is really just about like how far can you push things as a teen? Because it's not until you like run up against those those boundaries that you realize where the boundaries are. So like. Wow. You watch it and you're like, their behavior is disgusting and it is horrible, but probably most people would do the same thing in their circumstances. Yeah. It's like a heightened version of what would happen, but I'm so there for it. And it really is now that I'm thinking back of the time, right? Like it's very Heather's. It's dark. It's like Mark Waters, Heather's, there's... um. What was the other one? Oh my God, the craft. Yeah, I mean, it's a very it's specific like look at high school too. That behaving badly. Yeah, that I think was dying out a little bit as well. Like I think it was also on its way out. Yeah, and it's gone. This notion of high school as as what was described in some of these movies. Yeah, it was just. Um, it did give me a wrong impression of high school. I'll be honest. By the time we got to high school, it wasn't like that. And I don't think it ever was, let's be honest. But you just thought high school really was a more cutthroat spot. Yeah. And it was just people who just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot less caring. A lot less caring. Than the stakes in these movies. A lot less caring and... the high school, man. High school. That was... <sighs> high school. There's so much more authority in high school, by the way. Like... A hundred percent more than this. You're you can't pee without asking. And you have to carry you have to carry a piece of paper that lets everyone know that you're going to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, or stick a wood. Humiliating. (laughs) It's public humiliation to the nth degree. And guess what? And you hate hate those things in the moment, but then you realize those are just safety guards to keep everybody to keep everyone's arms and legs in the boat at all times. Everyone's safe. We lost our privileges of going to the bathroom anonymously because there was like stuff going down in the bathrooms and graffiti and whatnot. So not only did you have to carry the pass out, you had to sign yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in. Did you have to sign yeah, into exactly. the bathroom? So they knew exactly who went in at what time. Yeah. And they knew how long you spent in there, which is not fun. <laughs> That's not fun. Nobody wants that. Exactly. It's <laughs> Nobody wants that kind of check. That kind of check is invasive. But, you know. Yeah. You know, look what look what would happen if they didn't have those checks and balances. Look, quite actually, look what would happen, because um, you don't want teens with chemical imbalances running the school, running the roost like that. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the only thing I wanted to say is, so we're we're pinning the whole movie on Sarah Michelle Gellar, like he. He's kind of irrelevant day, for me. Sebastian. I think that my the more interesting are. Sarah Michelle Gellar, who I think delivers the best performance, and Reese Witherspoon, she does, she has the best performance in this who, on, for for good or bad, I think comes out of this with the public's appreciation, and Adoration. it comes yeah. through with what we saw in Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, um, went into this movie ready to analyze it as a Reese Witherspoon vehicle, which it is. I mean, she was asked. She gets the she gets the begged. vehicle. Yeah. At the end. She does get the vehicle. Reese was asked to do the part, and it's perfect for perfect. her. Um, I stayed for Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, for sure. It's like, wow. And at the time, I feel like she's Buffy, right? 
or in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I mean, she was big. She's big at this point. Yeah, she's a star. Um, arguably, maybe more of the draw because Reese hasn't done. No, I mean, if you, even if you look at the credits, the, the credits has Ryan Felipe and Sarah Michelle Gellar Sarah Michelle as Gellar. the top bill. Yep. yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I mean, yet again, another movie where. The guy, nothing sticks to our main man except a car. Um, yeah, except um the pavement at Central Park Ugh. when he dies. <laughs> no, nothing sticks to men, man, and it's just um you know maybe it's not for this pod. Okay, maybe I gotta go put this in my own diary. Boy, Let's be honest. Maybe boy. this is for my book. Yeah, it's for your book. Yeah, I'm I'm boring you guys You're at this point, us. but you know it's uh, when uh, women uh, hate uh, themselves. Uh, uh, I gotta say it. I gotta say it. When women hate themselves, female identifying individuals hate themselves in this country. I understand why. It's because of source material it. like this. The source, Adam and Eve, they're just saying, your fault. Yeah. Your fault. Well, in this case. What did you do to make him like that, you f- insane bitch who does cocaine and they found it in the cross necklace? That's a nice place to store <laughs> it. But. um. Very unsuspecting. Anyway, Loved that's it. our movie. Biblical. That's our movie. We hope you loved that. I thought that was fun to talk about. Oof. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure if you have seen the movie like a million times, you're like, okay, I get it. Like I got the plot. I don't understand how you had so much confusion. But I think if you put yourself in our position where we've only seen it once, it you would understand how confused we were. <laughs> I think you need to put yourselves in our shoes and so, be a little bit understanding. <laughs> something the movie something the movie is all about is understanding someone else's perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, if you don't get it, it might be your fault. Yeah. So, like, if you don't understand our confusion, look at yourself and make sure that you're, you know, that you're remaining open. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. Just be open. Anyway. So, yeah, nothing else to say about Cruel Intentions. Undoubtedly, one of the more sexy things we've covered (laughs) on the pod. Yeah, we'll put in the sexy Um, basket. This is in the sexy playlist. Yeah. So, not safe for work. Yeah. And NSFW. Yeah. And um, Selma would go on to do the sweetest thing, which makes a lot of sense in terms of raunch factor. Yeah. Especially when she's like doing a split in front of a man's face. <laughs> that was, in front that of was funny. <laughs> so gross. It's like, ew. Close your legs. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, don't forget to rate, review, you guys. Share this with a friend. Let us know that you love it. Meet us on TikTok. Download us on Apple Pods. And I mean, Steven. What? Oh, I was just going to say goodbye. Oh, goodbye. That was my setup for bye. Oh, bye.